With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Cincy 360. About Cincinnati from Cincinnati. On ESPN 1530. Here's James Rapine and Mo Egger. That's us. I'm James. He's Mo. It is great to be with you on a Wednesday. You know what they call Wednesday, Mo? Hump day. Hump day. It's yeah. hump day as the uh, the Bengals look to get over the hump for the first time in a couple weeks and get a win on Sunday. We will discuss the Bengals coming up in just a second, but not Sunday's game. We also have uh, a little bit of, of UC to get to in, in the latest in this Larry Davis news that came out yesterday. We'll play buy, sell, hold which is going to include a little Reds. We got a little bit of everything today. Mike. Good. A little bit of everything on good. hump day. What do you mean good? good. Of course it's good. It's I'm great. I'm glad there's a variety it, of it, things to talk about. It's a mixed bag. Good. Kind of like the Bengals offense. In, oh. in the mixed bag it has been in recent weeks. How about mm. that transition? Mm. Which leads me to something that that has kind of taken off in the NFL, and I love it, love it, love it. Um, the The idea that these teams can give up unknown assets in draft picks Mm -hmm. and get known quantities like Amari Cooper and Carlos Hyde and Eli Apple and Damon Harrison, all of which have been traded in the past six days. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the the flurry of trades we've seen, and I expect it to continue. And I want to talk about the Bengals and the trade deadline in a second, but just being an NFL fan, it's fun to see trades. It is. No, it's it's fun and it's different because for years the the NFL trade trade deadline would come and go. And nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And now I think you see there's a couple of different things. Number one, draft choices are such unknown commodities that I think teams value them a little bit less and they're a little bit more willing to part with them. Number two, there is an element of randomness in the postseason that if you can get a piece that can get you there, you never know what's going to happen once January gets there. And, and number three, it ain't that hard to pick up another team's offense or mm-hmm. defense or just sort of figure out what your specific role has to be, especially given all the coaching movement around the NFL, all the different systems that guys play in throughout the course of their careers. Um, and I like it. I think it makes the league more interesting. It makes it more interesting to follow. Yeah, and there's a, a bunch of names out there being floated out that are potentially on the block. Demarius Thomas has been floated out there. I'm just naming big names. Patrick Peterson, sure. obviously, we've talked about on this show. And that leads me – go ahead. And I also think you have a degree of, of players – flexing their muscle a little bit more and saying, get me out of here and teams being more willing to move them, which I love that. Yeah. I, I lo- because it's, it's more like the NBA. You and I love the NBA. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we want the NFL to be a little bit more like the NBA? Let's that brings us to the Bengals. Oh, trade deadline, October 30th, six days from now. Um, I, I, I'm always the guy that always considers and discusses potential moves. That's something I've written about at ESPN1530.com for years. But it does really feel like that this Bengals team, they have to be considering trades at this point, right? I mean, they're so banged up at a variety of positions. They don't have a bunch of cornerback depth. They have zero tight end depth. I mean, I can't believe they've had the luck they've had at the tight end position. And say what you want about Tyler Eifert's history. But they lost Mason Trek the other day. Yep. They lost Tyler Croft. Um, and it was after they move on 
um, in the, the offseason from uh, the kid from Stanford, Ryan Hewitt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, well, we have depth there, and now they don't have depth there. So the, the Bengals have to be considering jumping into the trade deadline discussion, right, and potentially making a move before October 30th and the deadline at 4 p.m.? I'll change the verbiage for you. They are considering it. That doesn't mean they're going to. I I think sometimes, look, we're so jaded about the Bengals that we assume they're just going to be closed-minded to everything, and as easy as it's been to beat up on them for the way they've played the last two weeks, that's not the case. I I I promise you, I promise you, they are open to anything they think could make them better. And they've done some things in the last calendar year. Go back to where we were a year ago at this time. The Bengals nearly traded within the division a quarterback that they valued. Now, they didn't value him enough, (laughs) but clearly valued. They almost traded him within the division. All the Bengals will never do that. Well, they did. Mm -hmm. If the Cleveland Browns knew how trades work, A.J. McCarron would have been a Brown last year, and the Bengals would have had a couple more draft picks. So this idea that, oh, they're not going to do that, I think you have to give them a a little credit. Every team in the NFL is interested in doing things that make them better. Now, maybe it's make them better in the long term. Maybe it's make them better in the short term. I think the Bengals are kind of in a position to be looking at both, quite frankly. But they're clearly considering it. And, And I use the word clearly, and it's like, well, give me evidence. I don't need to. I know they're considering it. I know that if another team called them and said, we got this, we're interested in this, the answer isn't going to be a flat-out no. It's going to be run up the ladder. It's going to be talked about. The, the pros and cons are going to be weighed. They are doing it. That doesn't mean they're going to make a trade because trades are more complex than I think sometimes people realize, but they are absolutely considering it. I, I agree, and I almost think they have to for, for a variety of reasons. One, how long is my – I know Marvin Lewis has been here forever, and it feels like he's going to be here forever. How long is his deal? <laughs> Two years. Two years. This is the first of two years. Two years in ink. He can't win six games this year and not go back to the drawing board and have a team good enough to win next year. To I mean, that's it. You don't re-sign if you don't expect to win this team right now. I think it needs a a weapon or two, whether that's on defense or offense, to make them better and get them in the division discussion. I think they could win the AFC North. Mm-hmm. But, Mo, right now, doesn't it feel like the Steelers and, and Ravens are a little better? feels like the Steelers are a little bit better. I stopped short of the Ravens. I, I you know, Sorry, you lose at home to, to New Orleans. You lose uh, to the Cleveland Browns. I'm not there. They're clearly in the mix. Okay. Clearly in the mix. Bengals in the mix, not the favorites. Still feels to me like today, if I had to put my money on any of the three, I'd go Pittsburgh. The Steelers survived, and they're going to get their best running back back next week. According to we think, according to all reports, yes. But yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like they're they're going to bring someone in at the deadline. <laughs> it's their own guy, mm-hmm. but it feels like that's what's going to happen. So if that's the case, I, I just if you're the Bengals, why not go after it? That, that's why one Patrick Peterson makes sense to me because it's going to add to this year and the future. But if you can go get someone, and it's not going to be an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Listeners are going to say, "Oh, offensive line." It's about as hard to find a quality offensive lineman right now as it is a franchise quarterback, it seems like. Right. I mean, they just aren't there. Nate Solder was the number one tackle um, in the free agent class last year, and he's been he stinks. bad for the New York Giants. I yeah. mean, he's getting ripped right now mm-hmm. in New York. And, and maybe Bill Belichick, when he lets you go, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe the NFL should learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I think that they, they could add to the defense. I think maybe, obviously, you look linebacker, corner, um, and now you got to at least consider wide receiver, tight ends in there too. I mean, there's plenty of positions where the Bengals 
could look to to get better before the deadline. And that's why I think not only are they having those discussions, I think it, it, it's probably maybe 60-40 that they make some kind of deal. Now, that might not be a splashy deal. It might not be a fair player that, that everyone knows and has heard about and has seen play. But I would lean, if I had to lean one way or the other, I think they probably make a deal. But I think you just kind of articulated unintentionally the argument against making a trade, that they have like seven different needs. They're not going to address them all at the deadline. So what's it going to take to make a trade? Probably draft picks. Sure. And the argument against it is, okay, look, we're better this year, and we're in a position to maybe get to the playoffs, but this is, and I've, I've said this since January, this is a multi-year process. If you're not getting an offensive lineman at the trade deadline, we've said the offensive line thing, the overhaul there, that's a two-year That's a two-year process. It's not as simple as Billy Price, Cordy Glenn, we're good. It, it just isn't. As, as good as it sounds, it's just not. So I think the argument against it is going to be, okay, fine, you can get better in this one spot, but how much have you um, hurt your ability to get better everywhere else? Now, that's not a reason to not consider it. Again, I'm open to anything. I'm like I always say, I'm I'm I love open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. I'm open to anything, and I think if you look at where you are in the AFC this year and look at a player that could potentially make you better, how much better does he make us, and is it worth going for it now with that guy at the expense of something that can help us later on? Because I think you you've kind of come over to my way of thinking. Draft picks are more of a crapshoot than than ever before, and so you know I'm a big fan of known quantities. At the same time, again. If, the, if you look at this team and go, boy, they need linebacker help, the offensive line's a mess, secondary has problems, they could use a receiver, tight end's an issue right now. If you look up and down this roster and you see holes, those holes are still going to be there this offseason. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you, are you less likely to be able to fill as many of them as possible if you make a deal this year? I don't know that the answer is yes or no, but that's part of the thinking. He's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy 360. You said something there. How much better does it make you? How much better, and this is a, a good transition point, how much better does Vontez Perfect make this team right now? Not at all. I, I've talked to a couple people that I, I trust film-wise. One, one was a former linebacker, one who breaks it, watches the Bengals all the time. They're like, yeah, Perfect was the worst linebacker they had on Sunday. Yeah, let, me, let me help you with this, okay? I didn't play linebacker, and I don't watch the All-22. Vontez Perfect sucks right he now. He was awful there on you go. Sunday. I can no, save you some time. No, no, no but, but, but when you say it, it's good to always back it up and see if, if anybody else that knows what they're talking about it sees what you see. He was awful on Sunday. Yeah. Is he making this team better right no. now? No, no. So that leads me to the question. It's trade deadline time. Mm-hmm. There were rumors um, that the, the Bengals and Raiders, and this, again, rumors back in March, mm-hmm. that they had conversations about a potential Vontez Burfecht And, and I believe those rumors. I do too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Paul Gunther, former defensive coordinator, goes there. Coach Vontez Burfecht was his linebacker's coach since he had been signed with the Bengals as an undrafted free agent. So th- there's a connection there. Um, so let's revisit that trade deadline is six days away. Vontez Burfix trade value. Where is it at right now? And should the Bengals be open to dealing number 55? Sure. They should be open to it. You should be open again. You should be open to anything that might make you better. And Vontez Burfix is not making them better. I just don't know what it is. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Value is. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Raiders. They've they've made it known, hey, anybody can be had off our roster. If you read ProFootballTalk.com uh, this morning, I mean, hey, anybody can be had. You mentioned to me off air the name Jared Cook, yep. a very good tight end. That's obviously a, a position of need for the Bengals. But as much as there might be something with Paul Gunther and Vontez Perfect, if you're running the Raiders, if you're John Gruden, you see a player that hasn't been good this year, that is constantly suspended, that is maybe one play away from having to miss more time. The NFL did warn him reportedly last week, hey, we're finding you now, but next time it's going to be a suspension. Chances are that suspension is going to be lengthy. Um, he's not a guy that you can count on. He's not playing all that well. How much value is there in Vontez Perfect? I'm... I don't think anybody on this team should be untouchable. Anybody on this team right now should be untouchable. Mm-hmm. Their, their young guys aren't great enough that you're not moving on from them. And their great players are closer to the ends of their careers enough that if I can get much, much better in the short term, I'm open to dealing them. Not that I think that's going to happen. So Vontez Burford can't be untouchable. I just, I would wonder what his value is. I, I'm curious what his value is. And I have a, a deal, a deal that I would consider if, if I'm the Bengals, Jared Cook is a need, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a tight end. He, he's under contract through the end of this season. So there's, that's it. He, he's not going to play for you next year, potentially. Not play the year after year after. He's going to be a free agent. He's 31 years old. Certainly an upgrade, though. Him and C.J. Uzama would give you two dynamic tight ends that can catch passes for you. Sure. Right? I'm it, in. It, totally agree. Mm-hmm. So if the Raiders did still have interest in Vontez Perfect, a guy who's under contract for two more years, uh, someone that, is obviously in danger of being suspended a bunch. The good news is, is the Bengals know how to work contracts. Yeah. So you don't have to pay him if he's not playing. Right. Right. You know, there's all these bonuses and, and, and all these different things that go into his deal um, that, that protect the team. I think that would be at least semi-appealing to Oakland, at least a little bit. Do and, you think- and do we think John Gruden isn't stuck in 2006? At least a little. I think he is a little bit. You might be able to, you might be able to swing a Vontez perfect for Jared Cook the free agent to be in like a fifth or sixth round pick. Do you think John Gruden has NFL Sunday ticket? No. Okay. I, do you think he has access like uh, the, the NFL GI GSIS website that allows you to watch every game on the all 22? Yes, he does. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he could pop on Vontez perfect and go, that ain't the player I had interest in last off season. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm he hasn't been in three games. From a, from a Bengals standpoint, yeah, give me Jared Cook. And if you're the Raiders, sure, are you looking to deal a guy who could walk at the end of this year if you're rebuilding? Yes. And, it's, and how many times, and I don't mean to cut you off, but how many times do organizations see a player that certainly has talent? We don't deny that Vontez Perfect is a talented player. Mm-hmm. Hasn't shown it this year, and they say, hey, he can be good in our system. Yeah. Let, let's and plug that might him be in. the Gunther factor. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I. I could see that. I could see that. Let's buy low now. He's under contract for a couple of years. We'll be good again, and we'll still have a linebacker like Perfect to play with. Sure, fine. Do it. I mean, I don't care about the Oakland Raiders. So, yeah, from a Bengals perspective, I'm 100% on board. The next question would be you're already thin at linebacker. I mean, do we, do we 
do we bring Malik Jefferson out of whatever cryogenic yes. chamber he's in and yes. give him an opportunity? I would be more than on board with that. You, you know who can miss tackles? <laughs> Malik, Malik Jefferson. Jefferson. You but, know who can be in the wrong spot? Malik Jefferson. Right. Dante's perfect just, did that on Sunday. So from a just a, a body standpoint, you would have to replace a linebacker. But yeah, no, Vontez isn't playing well enough for me to look at him and go, boy, he's 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 untouchable. The, the part of this that I think would be really interesting. Marvin Lewis and Mike Brown have a weird attachment to Vontez Burfitt. They mm-hmm. develop weird attachments to players. We've seen this throughout their history together, whether it be in the mid-2000s when guys were getting arrested like Chris Henry and the Bengals went out of their way to continue to give him opportunities. We saw this with Adam Jones. Look, Mike Brown and the Bengals doubled down on Vontez Burfitt last week. The report from, uh, I believe, Ian Rappaport. it was Ian Rappaport, said uh, Mike Brown lobbied the NFL hard to not suspend Vontez Burfitt, went to bat for him. Mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis continues to go to bat for him. They don't suspend him when he curses out reporters. This weekend, who was calling the plays in the huddle? Vontez Burfecht. Added responsibility. Now, should that be why you don't trade him? Of course not. You're trying to get better. But I would wonder, how much do they look at this guy and go, we've stuck our neck out for this dude so often, and he's come back to screw us so many times. At some point, we're going to get the payoff for sticking our neck out for this guy. I would hate if they refuse to trade him for those reasons, but you can't help but ask those questions. Maybe the payoff is Jared Cook in a fifth round. I'm pick. on board, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm, sign me up. Sign yeah. me up. I just, to me, he's just not worth it anymore. And Sunday was, was his chance to show he could be, and he didn't even show up. Right. And, and so I, so some people might even think we're being too critical of a guy coming off of a, a four-game suspension. He's only played three games. Four-game suspension, but, he wasn't hurt, okay? It yeah. wasn't like he was rehabbing an injury. And, and uh, he weighed in fine. Of course, uh, he weighed 251. Right? He weighed in fine. The whole, like, you know, I mean, he he missed. He was there for all of training camp. He missed four games. I've watched players miss time because of injury come back and be effective. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking, including him. I'm not asking him to be great, okay? I don't need Mike Singletary. I don't need Brian Erlacher. I don't need Ray Lewis. I need better than the Vontez Perfect I'm getting this year. The, the whole well he had to when does when does that expire? Mm-hmm. After how many weeks does he had to miss four games expire? It's after he plays in four games. Is it next year? Is it December? When is when is when is that expiration date? Sunday. It, it, it was last no, Sunday James, for me. The expiration date was the second game back against Pittsburgh when he was in position to make tackles and got run over. Mm-hmm. Okay? Th- th- that was the expiration date. Then, for me, with, it was last with Sunday. added scrutiny because of what happened against Pittsburgh. Now he's on a primetime game. I was at Arrowhead Stadium. I saw the cameras circling him. He was obviously going to be a big, a big point of emphasis. I'm sure he was on the broadcast, and he no-showed. So this whole, like, ah, well, he had to miss four games. Okay. Guys miss time. They come back and they play. Vontez Perfect hasn't done it. This has everything to do with his lack of productivity. But his lack of productivity, then you wonder how much has that hurt his value on the market. I think it would be fascinating to find out. He's Mo Eger. I'm James Erpine, and this is Cincy 360. Up next, we're going to play Buy, Sell, Hold, which will have more on the Bengals' trade deadline if they should look at a free agent, a big-name free agent. We'll mention that and more during Buy, Sell, Hold. Plus, we're going to discuss Larry Davis and the story that came out yesterday from the Cincinnati Enquirer. That as we roll on right here on ESPN 1530. Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes, save up to 25% on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. Welcome back into Cincy 360. I'm James Erpine. He is Mo Egger. We do this every single weekday, noon to one, 
on ESPN 1530. There's a ton from us on the blog at ESPN1530.com. You have interviews up there, Mo, with, with like eight different eight different people right now. Dick Williams joined our show yesterday. We had James Pilcher from the Inquirer talking about this Larry Davis story, Paul Daner Jr. from the Inquirer, uh, Blake Smith, FC Cincinnati. But by, uh, by the way, uh, Fernando Adi is going to be on this show at 3.33 today. But, uh, yeah, plenty on the website. Check it out now. ESPN1530.com. You mentioned Larry Davis, and, and let's talk about this. James Pilcher came out with this story uh, in at Cincinnati.com and for the Cincinnati Enquirer yesterday. He joined the show. And uh, Larry Davis is the former University of Cincinnati assistant. And basically, he's, he's being charged uh, with sexual assault, and he's scheduled to appear on Thursday at 10.30 a.m. for a plea her- hearing in Charlotte. The charge is uh, simple assault federal court records show so there's a lot to to get into here and and a lot to discuss your thoughts your initial thoughts when this came out because I think when he was dismissed or not dismissed when he announced his retirement a month ago they announced his retirement form that's right they announced his retirement form but when it was like a month ago right it was whenever the Bengals Ravens game was yeah that day September 14th yeah it it was yeah so just over a month ago and, and you were like, that's weird, mm-hmm. right before the season. And mm-hmm. we just were like, whoa, that's a, that's a weird time. And, and now we, we have an idea as to why. Um, your thoughts on this? So my main question is, why did they frame it as a retirement? Because here's – this is how it looks to me. And, and this from talking with James Pilcher from the Enquirer and reading about the story and talking to one or two folks with whom I trust. It, it feels to me like something happened on a plane. Uh, the school was made aware of it. Larry downplay, either downplayed its significance or told a story about his innocence or how things got confused or whatever. The school said, fine, we're going to suspend you. But if we find out more, we're going to dismiss you. They found out more. I'm not sure if Larry's story, whatever it is, jives with what UC found out that's more. And they got to a point where they decided this guy can no longer work for us. Maybe the fact that we're in a heightened era of awareness of sexual assault had something to do with it. Maybe not. But what's weird to me is the the framing of a retirement. Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, when it came out, it was a Thursday. It was right around 5 o'clock. The Bengals were playing a home game that night. I mean, it was what we call a news dump, right? And so I'm going, okay, that's a weird time to retire. That's just a weird time for an associate head basketball coach who's been a part of a program for as long as Mick has been here. That's a weird time to retire. So what's up? And I couldn't help but think back to where we were a year ago when suddenly assistant coaches were retiring all over the place. Why? Because the FBI was coming to call. Now, mm-hmm. I certainly don't believe the University of Cincinnati is involved in anything to that level. And that but that's your initial reaction. My, that yeah. was my initial reaction. Like, wow, that's okay. What, what's up? And then, you know, then it was, okay, are, are, is there an NCAA issue beyond that that Larry was involved in? Okay, so, so then if, if it's not that, then what? And I had conversations with people that said, nah, you know what? It's, it's not really has nothing to do with basketball. Just Larry wants to step away. Okay, fine. Whatever. And that was what they put in the press release. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you don't know that that information is going to come out. You frame it as a retirement. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know people are going to ask questions. You know people are going to do some digging. Mm-hmm. The digging was done. Public information files uh, requests were made. University of Cincinnati is a public institution. So whatever they decided to do with Larry Davis was going to be pretty easy for someone in, industrious to get. How did they did they really think this wasn't going to come out and then beg questions about why did you frame it as a retirement? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. the Now, that's not malpractice. That might just be negligence. That might just be not thinking it all the way through. But that's what I would want to know is, is why couldn't you just say Larry Davis is dismissed? Mm-hmm. Why did you frame it as a retirement with a nice quote from Mick Cronin, a quote from Larry Davis? Especially it, in this day and age when we know that it's going it, like it was going to be uncovered. Yes, he exactly. was going to. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, the story in the Cincinnati Enquirer. And that there's some um, interesting info uh, on Fox 19 now dot com as well about this. Um, Larry Davis, he, he was on a plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, the victim was a 23-year-old South Carolina woman. She filed an incident report with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department on September 12, 2017. She told authorities, quote, she was inappropriately touched by the passenger seated next to her. Uh, that, she says, was Larry Davis. Now, he's going to be in court tomorrow morning at 1030 a.m. in Charlotte. The, the thing that is weird to me about this, as much as you're right, Thursday, 5 o'clock, retirement, right? That's mm-hmm. weird. Right yeah, before the, the season starts. Correct. The, the other thing is, is, is the date says September twelfth, twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's October twenty fourth. Uh, you know, it's just that that's a that's a long time, isn't it? Well, it's it, a long time. The, the school and and so to me, they're going to say, well, we suspended him the first time, and it was about a ten day suspension. Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, shortly that report. Okay, and then so. What I gather is, and we're trying to piece all of this together, incident happens. Whatever happened, incident happens. Something rose to the level that this woman filed an incident report with the police. The school is made aware of it. Mm-hmm. How, by whom, I don't know if it's Larry, if it's the police, if it's somebody you know with a tip. Who knows? The school's made aware of it. Um, they go to Larry, ask him what the deal is. Larry says... Uh, miscommunication, misunderstanding, wrong place, wrong time. I didn't do it. Uh, this is being, I'm being falsely accused. Whatever it is, the school says, okay, we're going to suspend you, but we're going to find out more. Well, then they find out more, which is maybe the specifics of what happened, or they find out there's enough evidence against Larry that they can no longer believe him. Whatever it is, then they act and they go ahead and, and blow him out, I guess, right before he decided to resign or retire. Fine. That, to me, we'll find out in due time. We'll mm-hmm. find out maybe when Larry's in court tomorrow. But, again, what I would want to know is it's just it's weird to me. And, again, I don't think anybody was doing anything sinister. And that's – I could change my mind on that. But you frame it as a retirement, and there's nice quotes from everybody. And you didn't have to. And You didn't have to. And you didn't think, wait a minute, when this comes out, people are going to realize this wasn't as simple as Larry deciding to do something else with his life. There was an incident here that compelled us to move on from him. That, that to me, is weird. That, to me, I'm really interested in knowing more about. Yeah, I, I am, too. And we could potentially know more tomorrow when uh, Larry Davis, the former UC assistant, 
coach is uh, in a Charlotte courtroom at 1030. You can and, listen. And, and the for other more, part is, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, James. The, the, the other part is, uh, in between all that, they gave him a contract extension. So yeah. you, you had an incident. You had, on the, on the back end of it, something that compelled you to remove him. In the middle of all that, you're gathering information about whether you should ultimately let him go. But in the middle of all that, you give him a contract extension. Maybe they did not realize, and, and you said negligence, maybe they had no clue it was as serious as it was. Or, or maybe, and again, I'm spitballing here, maybe they thought at some point before a contract extension, this is a closed matter, so they give them the contract sure, extension. Sure, maybe it was done. Right, yeah. right. I'm, I'm, and that might explain the timeline, too. It's been over a year. Yeah. You know? I, I, don't, I, I don't know to what extent Mike Bone can or will talk about this. The, I... We, we talked about this with James Pilcher yesterday, and I go, where does Mick Cronin factor in all this? And he said, in so many words, really nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think Mick probably has a degree of loyalty to Larry Davis. He certainly has a degree of, of obligation to the school that's paying him uh, a multi-million dollar annual salary. Unfortunately for Mick, at some point, someone's going to ask him. Someone's going to ask him about this, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what he says. And again, I, I, I don't... I, I want to know more about this. I'm, I'm not ready to say that anybody necessarily did anything wrong, but it is it certainly raises some questions, and maybe we start to get answers to them when Larry Davis goes in the court. It, Here's it, what it, we can agree on. Yeah, is it's just it's not a good look. It's not a, it's not a problem that you want to even if no even if things you know Larry's proven right with whatever. Sure. Uh, it's not a good look no. at all, and it sucks that we're having this conversation. You and I both know there are people who are going to see it and go, oh, UC tried to cover up having a pervert coach. Correct. I don't know that that's the case, mm-hmm. but that's how it's going to read for some people. Again, it may simply be a matter of Larry does this, whatever he does. Could be innocuous, could be something criminal. I don't know. There's something that happens. They suspend him. Pending finding out more, they find out more and go, dude, we can't keep you around. It could be Larry says, I'm innocent. The, the alleged victim says, no, you're not. The school believes the alleged victim. I, I, I don't know, but you're right. The way it looks to a lot of people on the surface. I mean, I, I had people after the show yesterday asking me, you know, number one, why'd you have James Pilcher on? And I'm like, well, that's a story. Like, uh, it's, Yeah, what do you mean, why? It's a story, of and I, and I want to know more. And the I interview's think, up at ESPN1530.com. And, and, I, and I, think, I, I, think, I think there's maybe not a duty or an obligation, but there's – I, I think we, we want to know specifically what happened. And we weren't going to get that in one interview with a reporter. But, yeah, like there's, this begs a lot of questions. I don't want to jump to conclusions with it because I never think that's fair to any party. But it does beg a lot of questions. And it's going to be interesting to me once they're asked of Mike Bone to see what he's able to say and what he does say. And you say this all the time, all the time. You say, especially in this day and age, it's refreshing that you want to learn more. That's why you have James Pilcher on. Of course. To get more information, to give our listeners some context. Yes. And if you missed that interview, it's up at ESPN1530.com. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Erpine. This is Cincy 360. Let's lighten the mood a little bit with some buy, sell, hold. It's time to play buy, sell, hold on Cincy 360. All right, Mo, we let off the show with Bengals trade deadline and the NFL trade deadline, which is six days away. Next Tuesday at 4 p.m., buy, sell, hold that the Bengals make a trade before Tuesday's deadline. I'm going to hold it based on Sunday's result. Oh. I'm going to hold it based on Sunday's result. What happens in the game on Sunday, I think that will determine how aggressive they are next Tuesday. They are blessed, by the way, with where the buy is. Yeah. You can trade yeah. for someone and talk about playbooks and stuff. Let's say you get a someone on your, on your offense on Monday or Tuesday. 
they have 10, 12 days before they have to play. Yeah, you're right. They could come in during the bye and learn everything, and that's it, you know? And I know coaches leave and stuff. What? Nose to the grindstone, coaches. Get this guy up to speed. So, yeah, I think that that's a really good spot because you could trade for someone at 350, have them here on Wednesday, and they have 10 days before you guys play. Yeah, you're right. So it's a, it's a blessing for the Bengals. I buy it. I think they're going to make it a, a deadline deal. I think, bold prediction, I think they're going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Mm. Um, now, I might change my mind on that Friday when we give our final guesses, as you like to call them. But, uh, yeah, as of now, I think they're going to rebound nicely. And uh, I expect them to make some kind of deal. It might not be a splashy move, but I expect them to acquire someone via trade before the deadline. All right, speaking of acquisitions, they wouldn't have to trade for this guy. Buy, sell, hold that the Bengals should sign Des Bryant. Should sign. Oh, I got to hold this. I think that if Des Bryant can be, one, if he looks like the guy I saw in Hard Knocks where he looked clearly like he was in shape, to the guy that Cleveland Browns offered a contract to because he was in shape, then yes, I'm all about it. Um, and I know he's a distraction, and I've taken a, a little bit of, of heat for saying that they should consider it on Twitter, but the reality is, is who do you trust in that, in that wide receiver room? You, you trust Tyler Boyd, who's mostly a slot wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You trust A.J. Green. You've lost red zone targets like Tyler Croft, who had seven touchdowns last year, Tyler Eifert. Uh, you can't really seem to get the running game going the way you want to you need an outside threat, and if John Ross is going to miss multiple weeks, can Des Bryant be your third guy in a red zone weapon? At this stage of his career, I still think probably. Now, is he in shape? One, can he come in and help you right away? Those are questions you need to answer. But, yes, I think the Bengals should consider the move. I think they should probably at least talk to his agent and see if he wants to be stubborn and hold out hope that the Cowboys are actually going to sign him or, uh, or maybe consider elsewhere because I think it would be – a pretty decent landing spot for him uh, if he could do it, and I think the Bengals should be open to the idea. I would hold it based on the conversation that Mike Brown should have with his buddy Jerry Jones. And those two guys are close. People wouldn't believe that because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones and Mike Brown is Mike Brown. Uh, I would ask, you guys have been desperate for wide receivers forever. He clearly wants to continue to play for you. What gives? And Mm -hmm. I would want the answer to that question. Do I know that he's in shape? I have no idea. I I think it's interesting that the other 30 teams that aren't the Bengals and the Cowboys have basically said thanks but no thanks to this guy. Mm -hmm. I know the Ravens offered him a deal, so I want to know that, but let me get with the guy that knows him best. Hey, this dude is still marginally productive. He's nowhere near the player he was. He had 800 plus yards last year. Yeah, still marginally productive. He could help this team just based on what we know. I would want to know from Jerry Jones, knowing that this guy is still good, knowing that you were so desperate for a wide receiver, you traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, who's a good player but but not a great player. What gives with Des Bryant? I would want to know what Jerry Jones says, and then the buyer the buyer sell part of that would be based on that conversation. But, but I think Mike Brown should make that phone call. And De- Des Bryant, Jerry Jones, even though the the Cowboys released him, they still hang out. Yeah. Like, I've seen them at concert, like, photos of them at concerts and stuff. It's really weird. No, I mean, it's it, to me, it's like... They have like, a good relationship. It's like, uh, you know, if you're, you're, you're really good friends with um, a member of the opposite sex, someone will say, well, how come you don't date her? She's great. Awesome. Okay, how, well, you guys hang out all the time. How come it doesn't... I want to know the reasons why. Same thing with Dez. Absolutely. I want to know the reasons why. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Bengals should uh, do their digging there. Let's continue with buy, sell, hold. Bob Castellini says the Reds are going to get pitching. That's a quote. The pitching. Oh yeah, going to get the pitching. I, I they're going to get the pitching this offseason. Buy, sell, hold. 
that the Reds are going to get it done. I'm selling this because <laughs> Bob Castellini makes it. I love that he said it. I love because to me, that was a mandate to Dick Williams that he should be held accountable for. Whether he gets it or not, it's really hard. Two things, okay? Well, three. Number one, the international market, I have no idea where the Reds are going to be on that. Number two, free agency. Who wants to pitch a great American ballpark? And as much as the Reds might say, hey, we're going to be more aggressive in free agency this year, so is the entire sport because the entire sport was not aggressive last year. I think there's a lot of teams that have put themselves in a position where they look at this offseason and go, okay, this is where we're going to be aggressive in free agency. That's going to make it a hyper-competitive market for the Reds, which means the guys are going to cost more, or you make a trade, and I wonder if this team is going to be willing to deal the kinds of players that it would take to get the kinds of arms needed. Are they going to get pitchers from outside? Yes, that's going to happen. But are they going to get the guys that make them markedly better enough to be, you know, remotely competitive next year? I'm in. I'll believe that when I see it mode. So I am selling this. I'm, I'm with you. I'm selling it, too, because I think Bob Castellini might think Matt Harvey's part of that solution. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone else besides maybe Matt Harvey, Matt Harvey's agent, and Bob believe that. So if Harvey's one of those guys, uh-oh. Yeah, I, until they do it. Until they bring in the arms, until they land the big fish in free agency or the effective starters in free agency or via trade, until they do that, why should we believe them? Mm -hmm. This rebuild, uh, uh, on paper, just looking at the record, if you were following the Reds from afar, you'd say it's getting worse. Now, I, I don't necessarily think that, but at the same time, until they get themselves fully out of this rebuild and look competitive again, I don't know why anyone would trust that they're going to get it done. Now, they have the opportunity. It certainly seems like Castellini's going to give Dick Williams and Nick Carl the resources, i.e. increased payroll, et cetera. But it's up to them to get it done, and until they do, I'm not going to trust it. I'm not going to buy it. Um, I brought this up on the show yesterday. When it comes to pitching, buy, sell, hold, that Brian Price should be contacted by the Reds to be their pitching coach next year. I totally buy it. What, what did Brian Price do well before he was the manager of the Reds? What was he? He was the pitching he's coach. A, he was the pitching coach, yeah. and he was a good one. He was a good one for, for multiple years, multiple playoff runs with really good um, pitchers on staff and in that rotation. So, yeah, why would you not at least consider it? Now, he probably won't. He's probably still in Arizona, like you said, six months ago when we were talking about Brian Price. He's probably having some margaritas here and waiting for, for his next gig elsewhere. But if, imagine if, if that happened. It would be awkward for a, a second, but it makes sense. That's kind of what he is. He's a really good pitching coach. He's never going to manage again. I, at least I don't see that being the case. I totally buy it. I think you have to. I think you have to ask. Hey, look, there would be a huge degree of awkwardness. It would be a unique situation. But if if Brian Price, who I think is going to have options to work as a pitching coach elsewhere, but but you know that he did that well. You're trying to reset the tone for how pitchers are going to do in this organization. Put Brian Price in charge of that. And if he could get past, if he's willing to work past the weirdness of working for the team that fired him as manager last year and being in, in that dugout with the guy who effectively replaced him, if he's open to that, how could you not be open to that? Now, I also think Danny Darwin merits a look, but if, you're, if the idea here is to get the best in the business at what they do for certain positions, Brian Price is among the best in the business of pitching coaches. Why would, why would, you, why would you not ask? Why would, you, why would you not gauge his interest? I'm going to guess he would say thanks, but no thanks. But that's on him if mm -hmm. you're the Reds. If you want the best of the best and you acknowledge he's one of the best pitching coaches, call him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. One more buy, sell, hold, Mo. Buy, sell, hold that the playoff drought is over. 
following FC Cincinnati's win against Nashville in penalty kicks last Saturday? I hold it because I think that's an anecdotal thing. It, it depends on how, how interested you are in FC Cincinnati soccer. It depends on how interested you are in the Reds and Bengals. If you're a diehard Reds and Bengals fan and you don't care less about FC Cincinnati, then the answer is going to be no. But if you're fully invested in FC Cincinnati to the extent that you don't care as much about the Reds or Bengals and you want to say, you know what, the, the playoff drought is over, have at it. I think this is, this is up to the individual fan. This is up to the individual person. I tend to not lump the Reds and Bengals in together unless I'm counting 34 seasons of Paul Brown Stadium and Great American <laughs> Ballpark not hosting a winning playoff game. Aside from that, if the Reds won the World Series, we'd still be complaining about the Bengals never winning a playoff game. So to me, this is up to the individual fan. If you want to say you as a fan, your drought is over, great. If you see basketball won a national title, I would go, you know what, my drought is over. That's not a professional sports team, so... I think this is up to the individual fan. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and that's probably more reasonable, but I'm going to sell this. Look, I, I don't think when NBC talks about, you know, it, next time the Bengals are on national TV, when they talk about, you know, Cincinnati and, and just cities that, that are, are cursed as Cincinnati's starting to be known as, uh, I, I don't think any national outlets can be like, oh, yeah, I see Cincinnati won a playoff game back in 2018. It's just that, that to me is it. Part of it is because they're not in MLS yet. I think that has, has something to do with it, and I think that once that happens, then yeah, does that count? Sure, but right now they're playing at in the USL, which is is great, and I hope they win the USL Cup. At the same time, isn't didn't the Cyclones win the Kelly Cup twice? Twice, yeah. Last time was in '08. Sure, I believe it was '08. I think it was '10. '10. Oh, so they won in '08 and '10. I, I believe. Think so, I, yeah. I think that's what it was. That, I know that's, they had a, that's how much it resonates. We don't even remember. Th the that's year. the point, though. <laughs> it is it's. It's not if they if that was an NHL if the Cyclones were in the NHL we would it would resonate a little bit more so I get it you know the FC Cincinnati's very big time it's big league we air the games I love going to the matches all that I totally get it um, but until it's it's MLS I think that it's it's really good and it's awesome and we're happy that they won but it's it's just one of those one of those things where they win it's more it's more like the Cyclones than it is. Uh, you know, Bengals but or, I think if they, or Reds. I, I, I see where you're going with that. I think if they won a Major League Soccer playoff game next year, people would still say the same thing. And that's, again, it's to me, it's up to the individual fan. And they might. And they might say that. But I, I would look at it a little differently because that is, that's the highest level you can get as a, a soccer team in America. So why not count that? Why would you not? It, to me, that, that's how I would do I would it. count it. And sure. I'm counting this one. Uh, because I, I got I could not watch the, the game where we were in Kansas City would not show us the game. But when I saw that they won and how they won, I was really excited. Yeah. I'm counting it. Yeah, well, that's fine. And, and I hope they, they get three more and, and host the cup and we can drink out of it when it's brought here in studio. Quick hits are next, which is going to include a local product dominating in the World Series, a grievance against the Bengals and more. He's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy 360. On ESPN 1530. Cincy 360 continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. I'm James Rapine. He's Mo Egger. Mo back at it today at 3.05. There's a ton on the blog at ESPN1530.com. And a quick reminder, you can listen to ESPN 1530 anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530. Uh, Quick Hits is a service of Rumkey Restoration. Have water damage or need your carpets cleaned? Maybe a flooded basement has left a mess. 
Go to RumpkeRestores.com. Mo, did you see Andrew Benatendi yesterday? He had four hits, one RBI, and the Red Sox 8-4 to four game one win. Dude is absolutely raking. Love it. And uh, I stopped way short of saying I'm rooting for the Boston Red Sox because I'm really just rooting for a good series, but it is hard to not root for the Madeira product who's now hitting 294 with a 798 OPS in the postseason. Kill it. I hope he, I hope he continues uh, and they win the World Series and we can get him on while he's parading around in Boston. What do you think? That's up to you. It's up to me. That's right. Uh, Eric Reed lost his grievance. Uh, well, it was at least denied his grievance against the Bengals by an arbitrator. Eric Reed um, in the NFLPA filed this grievance after the, the Bengals allegedly and Mike Brown allegedly asked if he was going to kneel during the national anthem. Good. He should have lost his grievance. Say what you want about Mike Brown. He's a business owner who wanted to know if an employee is going to cost his bottom line. That's what business owners do. I don't have a problem with it. Le'Veon Bell not with the Steelers today. He won't play uh, this week, and he's missed out. Get this. He's missed out on $6.8 million while sitting on the sidelines this year. It's a lot of money. You know what he should have done is play the Mega Millions. That's right. Speaking of a lot of money, that's oh. what I was going to get to next. There was a winning $1.537 billion Mega Millions ticket, and it was sold in South Carolina. South Carolina is one of eight states where winners can elect to remain anonymous, which if you're winning that much money, you should be allowed to remain anonymous. What would you do with $1.537 billion? Uh, I would probably have a hard time remaining anonymous. How do you pull that off? You win a billion and a half dollars. You're just not going to tell your friends? No. Hey, man, I, I, just, I just noticed you bought seven houses. What's up? Nothing. Got to raise. Friends. I'll hit, get new friends. Hit my yearly bonus. I get new. Whew, Dude, it'd be crazy. Uh, I, I'm kidding. I wouldn't really get new friends. Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking of the kinds of people you're going to run with when, you know. You, you got that have, kind of money? Um, um, I don't want to hang out with those people. I'd be on a boat with Jerry Jones. I just, I want to know how you remain anonymous when you get a, a, a $1.5 billion. Mike Brown and I would both be on that gator. At Bengals training camp. Yeah, you guys would. I just, how do you, like, oh, hey, Steve, I just noticed you bought a new Ferrari. How, Seven of them. How many Cincinnati sports fans are like, yeah, I'd buy the Reds or yeah, I'd buy the Bengals? Why would you want to do that? I'm not saying I would do that. Buy, I'm, I'm just saying, how many sports fans right now are saying that to themselves? Buy something that appreciates in value. I, I think the valuation of NFL teams has peaked. I agree with that. And, and the Reds have increased in value so much that I think until they get a new ballpark, which not going to happen for a long time, their valuation has sort of crested a You'd little bit You'd bring an NBA team to Cincinnati, don't That's lie. what I would do. He's I would, Mo. I would make it happen. He's Mo. I'm James. Mo and back at it at 305. And the it would be unique. Oh, as long as I'm GM. Mo back at it at 305. Oh, I, I hire somebody qualified. The Stephen A. Smith Show is next. I am qualified. Back at it tomorrow at noon right here on ESPN 50. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.